Will you stand with me for a moment? Because instead of doing a reading, you're going to do it for me. Because you're going to recite this scripture. Right? You all know the Lord's Prayer. Okay. So after three, we're going to, we're going to say the Lord's Prayers again. Is that, is that all good? If you, listen, if you're uncomfortable doing this for some reason, you don't know the Lord's Prayer, or you're an atheist or an agnostic, hard luck. Uh, no, uh, so, sorry, if you're an atheist, or, or you can join us, you can join us anyway. If you don't want to say the words, just stand there, most welcome. So after three, if we start, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever, ever. Amen. You did well. You did well. That's the reading today. Please take your seats. Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and he teaches a lot of things to do with the kingdom of God. And one of the things he teaches there is about praying. What Jesus didn't say is every time you pray, say this. He didn't say that. There's lots of, lots of things we could put up there right now that Jesus didn't say, that people thought he said. He didn't say, say this. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Uh, he didn't say use those words, he said pray like this. So when he began to, to pray, he said, it was an invitation for the kingdom of God to come. He says, thy kingdom come. And that's the, that's the heading of this message because I want to share with you what happens when the kingdom of God comes to an individual. When the kingdom of God comes to your life, you will never be the same again. No matter how you try, once you have tasted of the powers of the kingdom of God in your life, you cannot return to where you were. You are different. You will always be different because the kingdom's come. Jesus said the kingdom has come and he said the kingdom is coming and the kingdom will come. So we look at that some more in coming weeks, but it's important for you to know that the kingdom of God uh, is, is past tense, present tense, and future tense. All of that is real because even now we are receiving, says the scripture, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Wow. See, all the kingdoms of this world are temporal. They're here today, they're gone tomorrow. But the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom that knows no end. It is the greatest kingdom. All the kingdoms of this world, however many there are, and there is a number of kingdoms in this world, however many kingdoms they are, they are all subject to the kingdom of God. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Book of Revelation says that. And so Jesus, when he's praying to the Father, he says, Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that a great prayer? Isn't that a wonderful prayer? Wouldn't you like that in your life right now? 
You say, I'm not sure. What does it mean? See, when the kingdom comes in your life, it will just bring about so many different things. So many changes will be uh, enabled when the kingdom comes because the kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. It's not something that is, is like an earthly kingdom. So the first thing I want to share, I'm going to share three things that happen when the kingdom comes. This is all biblical. Three things that happen. The first thing that happens very quickly is that the first thing that will change is your allegiance. Your allegiance will change. Your loyalty will change. The Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Colossians, in 1 verse 13, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I want you to think about that word transferred, translated. That word transferred, translated, is used in some versions as transported. Wow. Now, if you would just blink, blink. So do it again, it was too quick. In the moment, in the time it took you to blink your eye, this is amazing, right? How many in here have become born again? Gosh, we've got a church of unbelievers. <laughs> How many again? Can I, can I invite you to be a bit more bold in this? How many of you are born again Christians? Some of you aren't. I'm just trying to get a snapshot of you so I can go and speak to you afterwards. Just, it's fine. Right, okay. Born again. Listen, the moment that you became born again, as fast as you can blink, I don't know when it happened. You probably don't know when it happened yourself. But in a moment, as quickly as you can blink, the Lord transferred you out of darkness into light. Isn't that, isn't that utterly, utterly amazing? That's what the Lord did to your life. That's what the Lord did for you. It's what the Lord did for me. And guess what? If we are still here when the Lord comes back, the Bible teaches in the blinking of an eye, we will be received to the Lord himself as quickly as you can blink, blink. How great is this? This is our wonder, our transport is Jesus. He is able to deliver us from the powers of darkness in the blink of an eye. We can become children of light in the blink of an eye. When we were in darkness, now we're in light. In a moment, in a nanosecond, we are translated into the kingdom of his son Jesus. Isn't that great? Don't you think we could give Jesus a great clap of praise uh, for all that he has done? It's amazing. And I love that word transported and translated. I love it because, because we are not the same as we were. Right? And we're not in the same kingdom anymore. Woo! Children of the light. We're not children of the darkness anymore. He's done something incredible. And this change is immediate. And, and Paul says in, in um, Ephesians 2.19, we are no longer strangers or foreigners. 
We are fellow citizens with God's holy people. Isn't that great? Look around you this morning. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter your relig- what your religion was, whether you believed in God or not. It doesn't matter what whether you were poor, whether you were rich. It doesn't matter whether you had a high-flying job or whether you were unemployed. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what culture you come from, what background you come from. It doesn't even matter what status you have or had or you lost your status. Now, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Isn't that something? And furthermore, the Bible says you're not only a citizen of the kingdom of God now, but you are an ambassador of the kingdom. I love it, absolutely love it. People say to me, Pastor Paul, where do you come from? I say, I come from all over the place. I've got no problem, man. Heinz 57, mate. I'm really, I'm, I'm all over the place. So, well, but, but where is, your, where, where, where is your citizenship? I said, actually, my citizenship isn't in a country. Ooh. I said, no. So where is it? I said, it's in a kingdom. Oh, that's good to hear. I've never heard that before. Is it a kingdom, kingdom like Wales? I said, oh, no, much bigger. That's a principality. That's a kingdom. What kingdom? Ah, well, it's the kingdom. It's, been, it's a very, very old kingdom. In fact, there's never not been the kingdom. Really? And what, what is it? Who's the king? I says, well, the, the, king, the king's amazing. The king is all powerful. I said, what's the king? I said, the kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. And I belong to the kingdom of heaven. Before I was in the United Kingdom, I'm in the kingdom that's always been united. It's the kingdom of God. And this is the great thing about the kingdom. We are part of one another in the kingdom of God. And, and, and Paul says again, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, Philippians 3.20. Then, so that's the first thing that changed in your life. So, okay, you may be a citizen of South Africa. You may be a citizen of Romania. You might be a citizen of Ghana. You might have dual citizenship. But your main citizenship that you have right now is in the kingdom. Because the great thing about the kingdom of God is it doesn't, it's not terrestrial, i.e. it's limited, restricted to here. But praise God, and I'm going into this now, it is eternal. And so in the next dimension, which is eternity, by the way, I don't look at dimension, uh, I don't look at eternity as being a time to come. I look at eternity as being a dimension that's already here. That really helps me, right? Because... um, God is our eternal refuge. The eternal God is our refuge. God is eternal. You can't think beginning and end. He didn't have a beginning, therefore he's got no end. If you wanted to get your head around that, just think of a circle. Just think of a circle. It has no beginning, it has no end. Don't try to limit yourself to linear time. Time's linear. It starts, it finishes for us all. It starts, it finishes. Um, as many of you know, my, my sister passed away just uh, two weeks ago, uh, and I, I, I'm burying her on, on, uh, on Thursday. I'm doing a funeral, it's a cremation, but I'm doing the funeral on, on Thursday. Um, 
my beautiful sister. I buried my father, I buried my mother, I buried my father-in-law, and now I'm doing a funeral for my sister. And I have to say this, this is not bravado speaking here. I have such peace. The peace that passes human understanding. And the reason why I say that this morning to you, death has lost its sting. I want to tell you, death has lost its sting. I have, I have counseled endless people. I've, I've, I've walked with people who have lost their loved ones. I've, I've tried to comfort those. And I tell you, I notice a massive difference between those who know people have died in the Lord and those people who don't know the Lord. And I am telling you, absolutely, no bravado, this is real, where the tire hits the road. Um, um, uh, when we lay at my sister to rest, um, I know it's not the end. I know it's not goodbye. It's see you later. I know that. I know with my parents who I miss so much that I'll see them one day. Why? Because I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which is committed unto him against that day. I know, as Job says, my Redeemer lives. And in my body, in my flesh, my resurrected flesh, I shall see God. Not another, I shall see him. And I will know, even as I am known, I will be recognized and recognized, but there is a body that we will all be given one day. Hallelujah. Because we're people of the kingdom, he will change this vile terrestrial body and make it like his celestial body. Nothing can get you down. Nothing can keep you down. There's no sickness. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. There's no oppression. There's no depression. You, are, you will be alive with the power of the risen Lord flowing through your body. Nothing will be able to touch you, mar you, or get you down. You'll be a risen, glorious saint in the kingdom of God. All of this stuff down here, I tell you, it's not just escapism. We'll be out of it in Jesus' name. We'll be out of it. We'll be risen to life. Even now, the Bible says in Colossians, you who were dead in, in sickness and sins and everything has he quickened, quickened, made alive. And we have been raised to life in Christ, raised to sit in heavenly places. But that's a spiritual thing at the moment. But it, it's all a deposit of the real thing that's going to come because the next thing that will happen when you're in the kingdom of God and the kingdom comes to your life, the next thing that will happen is it will change your destination. When you're changed and you come out of darkness and into light, he changes your destination. And he not only changes your destination, he changes your destiny. They're not the same. The destiny is about more about the journey. The destination is about the end. But he changes it all. Praise the name of the Lord. See, I could go to Cornwall next week. I'm not going to do it. It's too, too busy. I could go to Cornwall next, next week. I choose the route. I choose the way I go. I could go via London. I could go via Oxford. I could go via, if I wanted, I could go via John O'Groats. Be going in the opposite direction, but I, if I wanted to. See, the journey's not the same as the destination. 
But the, your journey is about how the Lord will call you once you become a child of the kingdom and how the Lord will use you and where the Lord will take you before you get to your final terminus, your final destination. God will begin to use you wherever you go because you're a citizen of the king, you're a child of the king, you're a member of the kingdom of God and so God reserves the right to use you as he sees fit. Anybody say amen? Is that the same in your life? Do you say amen to the Lord's plan over your life? And so this is what happens. He changes our destination. And I think this is lovely. I've always loved this. Luke 23 tells us the story of when Jesus is on the cross. There's a criminal on one side. There's a criminal on the other. And the Bible says that both of them started hurling abuse at Jesus on the cross. And then one of them, for some reason, we don't know what, we triggered him but his response changed he went into a u-turn mode and he turned around and he says to the other uh, criminal he says what are you doing have you no fear of God we have done wrong we deserve what is happening to us but this man has done nothing wrong this man has done and he turned around to Jesus this dying thief we call him the dying thief he is the dying thief isn't he Everybody knows what we mean, the dying thief. Because he turned around to Jesus and he said, Lord, Lord, wow, Lord. It's a big, it's a, that's, a, that's a big thing to say Lord to somebody, right? Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Immediately he realized he was the king. The king who was coming into his kingdom. That's powerful, friends, because the kingdom is on the other side for us all. We've got to make sure in this life we get into the kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know what Jesus said? Today, today, you will be in paradise with me. How lovely is that? Before the dying thief died, he was translated into the kingdom of God. Can you see the grace and the magnificence of that? The benevolence of that with Jesus? Can you see that? And it reminds me of this. Whatever you're going through at the moment, wherever you are in your life, let me just get, hold this thought. Hold this thought in your heart. And don't ever let your feelings rule your faith. You know what I'm saying? You can be in an awful place right now while I'm speaking to you. And you think, you, you know, well, Pastor Paul, it's all right for you. You don't know what people are going through. But what I will tell you is this. You can go any, through anything in life if you have the truth of God's word as your vanguard. You can go through anything in life when you fix your life on faith on the word of God and not on the way you're feeling at this moment. You see, what's happening at the moment with a lot of people, particularly young people, I want to say this, it, it, and it's a very, very real thing, you are how you feel. You are how you feel. And you've been taught to be how you feel. You've been taught to react to how you feel. Oh, I feel rubbish today. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Feeling. Or you're just going to go into your shell because you feel rubbish. You don't feel able to do this. You don't feel well enough to do that. You don't feel this. I want to give you an alternative. 
Faith is the evidence of things not seen. When you can't feel it, faith it and see what happens because they're not the same. If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible when you believe. So sometimes we've got to teach people and teach your kids this, faith is bigger than your feelings. Why? Because when the enemy comes to me and he starts rabbiting on, and there is a devil, and there is an enemy, and there's somebody who leads us into darkness, and somebody who leads us into truth. But when the enemy comes to lead you into darkness, you've got to say, well, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm not feeling it. You're not going to escape by your feelings. You're going to escape by saying, it is written. It's faith in God's word. It's faith in the king and in his word that will bring you through every situation. Even your feelings can't do that. They won't do that. Listen, your feelings are not actually reliable. Did anybody get that? Your feelings aren't reliable. You try losing your temper and doing something. Ten times out of ten, you'll do something you regret. Isn't it? I'm an expert, I've done it. Some of you won't know what I'm talking about. Well, you're far too good for that. That's why we always say when you're feeling that way, the best thing to do is do nothing. Calm down, we say, don't we? Calm down. Because feelings are so powerful. People want a feel-good factor. They want a feel-good life. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel good about life, even in a pandemic which is hard to do when you start a pingdemic. We don't feel good about being pinged, do we? Maybe you do. No. So we follow our feelings. We let our feelings dictate our lifestyle. Don't do it. It is written. My trust, my confidence, my assurance are not in how I feel. They're actually in what is written in the word of God. You will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. I've got, to, I've got to call it a day on all that stuff. But you, you, are you getting me where I'm going? You know, my beautiful sister passed away. I feel really sad. But there is something bigger than my feeling. It is the fact of faith in the written word of God that tells me, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So I'm going to feel all of that stuff that everybody feels. So I'm not a hero. I'm not, being, I'm not being, having bravado. But what I know to be true is not what I feel. What I know to be true is what is written. The Bible says the only way we can fight the enemy is with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'll come on to that next week. We're going to look at the prince and the king next week. Jesus called... The devil, Satan, the prince of the power of the air. Well, actually, the prince of this world, he called him. Paul the Apostle called him the prince of the power of the air. We'll see why. But uh, one thing is sure, the principality is no match for the kingdom. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when Jesus was being tempted, the enemy took Jesus to a high place. He said, see all the kingdoms of this world? The mind to who, and the mind to give away to whom I give them to. You cheeky devil. You cheeky devil. You see, you see, 
I mean, I read that. I've read it. I laugh. Because you're cheeky. This is the Son of God you're speaking to. Creator of the universe. Wow. These are mine. You cheeky. Don't have to call you cheeky little devil. That's where it's come from, isn't it? Don't you think? Must be. That's what, you know? You cheeky little. What do we read in Revelation? The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. There is one in the eye for Satan. That's the reality. It's written. Go and read it. But the thing about Satan is, the thing about the devil, he is the arch deceiver. He is so deceived, he tells so many lies, he doesn't know the truth anymore. He actually is self-deluded because he actually thinks he's going to win. Even though it's written, he's not. In fact, it's, it's written what will happen at the end of the age and what will happen to him and where he's going. So if the enemy's there, have a read of this. This is your demise. How do I know? It is beautiful. Kingdom stuff, friends, kingdom stuff. And so, last thing that will change for us is our values. Have you got this? Did, you, did your values change? Mine certainly did. I know we're all a work in progress, but we looked the other week, all the disciples coming around and wanting wanted to, want to be on the right hand, want to be on the left hand and upset the other disciples. You remember that? Because they wanted the same. So that's all about status, position, feelings. That's where feelings can get in the way. And I keep saying and I keep teaching this, let's be bigger than our feelings. Jealousy is about feelings. Envy is about feelings, is it not? Lust is about feelings, is it not? Am I right? All these things are about feelings, aren't they? Covetousness, it's about feelings. They've got this, I haven't. Yeah, those are all feelings. But we can conquer that kind of thing by having a new set of values. And Jesus taught them, in the kingdom of God, he said, don't look at the, the Gentiles, the way the kingdom is structured. The kingdom of God is not structured that way, he said. But if you want to be the master, you must become the servant. Oof, bet that hurts some. If you want to be first, you have to be last. For the last shall be first and the first shall be last. That's the way the kingdom works. Now, why does the kingdom work that way? Because God sets high priority on service. Bayanda mentioned it before. Listen, to serve is really important. You can't do anything about being born again in the sense of once that's all paid for you, it's all done for you, all you have to do is decide, yes, Lord, I give you my life. It's done for you. You just need to invite the Lord into your life and that's done. But rewards for service is something different. Rewards for service is important because serving is important. Uh, let me say this about serving. When you serve God in a local church, because that's his, that's his way of doing when you serve God in a local church, you open up possibilities that are otherwise closed. When you serve from your heart, um, you, you make yourself a servant. When you do that, you open up a whole different range of things that you were good at, but you didn't even know. In other words, hidden talents, hidden abilities come out of your life that help you to go to the next level in your life. But if you never started serving, you wouldn't know. Does that make sense? Um, I, the first thing I started doing when I come to the Lord was I started serving. And guess what? Um, I was put into 
how can I say it? Uh, Pastor Alex was preaching about waters last week, being ankle deep, knee deep, shin deep. I was thrown in the deep end. I found out I could swim. <laughs> uh, and sometimes we need, to, we need to be thrown in the deep end. But, but what I want to say is, Leading is so important, and I see loads of conferences for this, and conventions for this, and conventions for that, conferences on leadership, conferences on pastoring, conferences on evangelism, conferences and conventions on this and that and the other. I've never seen a conference yet on servanthood. And if there was one, you wouldn't go, would you? There wouldn't be a queue, would there? Come on. Who's first to sign on? Especially if you had to pay. Imagine that, paying to enroll in a, a conference for servanthood. Who's first? Can I see any, any, any? No. And yet we'll pay a fortune to go and listen to some people spout off. I'm sorry if you're watching this, but that's, that's the truth. Online, we'll pay a fortune to go and see celebrity Celebrity consultants spout off. Even sometimes stuff they've never even done. Telling us that yellow is six, blue is three. Teaching your grandmother how to suck eggs. You've got to have have a special certain grace for that kind of thing. Mags's Mags's favourite axiom comes into play. Um, Um... there's no limit to what you can do as long as you don't care who takes the credit. Have you, seen, have you ever seen a conference for servants? Not everybody's called to lead, but we're all called to serve. That's the reality. And, and let me say this too, and I found this from experience. When you get a leader to serve, you get a job done. And that's great. But when you ask a servant to step up and lead, you get a ministry. You understand that? Something happens. Something, there's a catalyst in that. There's an opportunity there that a servant somehow um, thrives in the environment of serving. So much so, other qualities are identified and come out. And boy. In actual fact, when we serve... Serving not only changes the people we serve, it actually changes the the ones who are serving too. When you serve with an upright heart, with a heart of willingness, a heart of devotion, you yourself will be changed. Really. I promise you, you will be changed. There's no greater call than to serve one another. Um, My favourite place to eat, is an Italian restaurant. It's, it's not all that good to look at. It's in a nice place, but it's not that good to look at. Food's great, but it's not why it's my favourite restaurant. The reason why it's my favourite restaurant is because the people who serve there are just incredible people. And I found this over the years. Places can be beautiful. Places can seem perfect, but it's actual people who make places what they really are for us. And it's people who make our best experiences in life. It's not places on their own. I think most people would agree with me on that. It's people. You are the ones 
who make it so special. Do you know what the special thing about the kingdom of God is? There's all sorts of people in the kingdom. I can't wait to meet all the people who I thought would never get there. <laughs> Some of you. No, I'm joking, honestly. If God can let me in, you're all right. And I mean, if God can let Sam and Byander in, we've all got a chance, haven't we? <laughs> Sam's going on the gate. He's going to help Peter. He's going to serve Peter, aren't you, on that gate when you get in that big gate? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And uh, here, the one about the scouser who went to heaven and said, gave his name to Peter. Peter couldn't find it. He says, well, go and look in the archives. He says, oh, Peter says, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, I'm in. So he went, he said, when Peter came back, the gates had gone. Anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry, come on, let's stand. Just popped up, sorry. Just popped up. Father, we bless you. Just look around at you. There's something about the kingdom in this place, isn't there? Just look, all nations, all people, all ages, all stages of the journey, right? Praise God. Just bow in prayer with me. We're finished. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will just meld this word to our hearts and spirits in Jesus' name. Father, just, just hang on before I go. There's somebody here who needs to make a decision. Have you not made a decision yet to walk in this life for Jesus? You've not given him your life yet. You need to do it tonight, this afternoon, today. Is there anybody who needs to do that? Put your hand up right now. I'm going to pray. Anybody at all? Put yeah, It's lovely. That's great. Thank you. I just knew somebody was here who wanted to do that. Is there anybody else while I pray now? I'm not going to get you to come to the front, but is there anybody I've missed right now? You Brilliant. Well done, that young man. Well done, somebody else. Isn't that great? Whoa. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love to us today. Even though we are so undeserving of your love and grace, you love us. And so, Lord, I pray for these three people right now who've raised their hands and signaled that they want to be in the kingdom. Will you translate them right now in Jesus' name? Can I hear an amen? Translate them. Transfer them from darkness into light, I pray. And may they know it in Jesus' name. I don't necessarily feel it, but they will know it. Big difference in their hearts. We rejoice today, Lord, for all your goodness, for all your kindness. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Catch you later, guys. Next week, we're going to do some more. And in closing, can I say this? I have never been so attacked in my personal life since I started teaching on this kingdom stuff. It's unbelievable. But I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. Praise God. Thank you all. Thank you all for your support. You're amazing. Thank you.